You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I'm going to preach to the choir tonight. Preaching nothing you don't already know. I'm not up here on a soapbox, but I am up here to deliver you something that I think you need to hear. Isaiah chapter 30, and we're going to start in verse 9. No, we'll start verse 8. Changed my mind. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this... Basically, young man, that's exactly what he said. (laughs) Because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach, ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. And you're try- he's trying to get you to picture maybe a high wall of a, of a tower, or a high wall of a building, and you see it starting to buckle a little bit. You see it starting to, to bulge out. And one day, because of the pressure and because of the stress on the structure, instantly it explodes and bursts and the whole thing comes crashing down. So that's what's going to happen to Israel because you despise the word. Verse 14, he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare. So first the illustration is a wall that's bulging out and it explodes and implodes upon itself and and falls down. And the next one is a clay potter's vessel that is taken by God and shattered on the ground so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it assured to take fire from the hearth. You won't even be able to take a piece of that pot and scoop out some embers from a fire or to take water withal out of the pit. The destruction is going to be so perfect and complete. I want to preach a message, two titles. I get into those phases every now and then. Title number one, I say no. You'll get what that means in just a little bit. Title number one, I say no. Title number two, that's what Jerry would want. Holy Spirit, fill us with your power. Help us listen, galvanize our faith, and let us glorify your name 
through your book, and through this time of worship. We ask this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Are our cell phones off? We finally seem to have our AC figured out and our sound system figured out. Praise the Lord for it. I have made a decision as your pastor. I hope you don't mind that I made this decision without a church vote. I hope you don't mind that I don't mind if you mind. (laughs) It's a decision that you need to know. It's a decision that you deserve to know. It's a decision regarding my ministry here. Now, don't be alarmed. You're not getting rid of me that easily. It's a decision regarding my ministry here, and therefore, it's a decision that directly concerns you. It's a decision that directly concerns your soul and your spirit, your mind and your heart, and your kids and your grandkids, and your marriage and your families. It concerns generations to come. In our world today, preachers are being pressured to scratch people's ears or suffer the consequences. Now, I expect that kind of attitude from an ungodly world. I am not surprised when a lost person sits under my preaching on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and disagrees and hates every word that I say. Why do you think I take my glasses off so often? (laughs) I am not surprised when a lost person will sit in service and shake their head when I speak the truth. I am not surprised when I can tell within five minutes of somebody being in service that they have already made up their mind, I am never coming back to this place. And that's fine. They're going to get the truth while they're here. I'm not surprised. But let me tell you what I didn't expect. Let me tell you what surprises this naive, young preacher. I did not expect for Christians and church members to pressure their preacher to back off in the pulpit. It surprises me when a church member has the audacity to tell their preacher, you better back off or I'm leaving the church. Now, if they have the nerve to do that, I have the nerve to stand up in the pulpit. It surprised me when a church member called me a couple months ago on a Sunday afternoon. Souls had been saved that morning. And I was reading through my message for that night. And he called me only to tell me, I'm calling you to talk to you about your ridiculous antics in the pulpit. Maybe the next time you preach, you should approach it this way. Now, all of you are wondering, where are they at? (laughs) 
Josh already went off safety. <laughs> now, wait a sec. Josh wasn't on safety. This is my safety right here. <laughs> They're not in the church anymore. They were last. But it surprises me when a Christian lady, excuse me, when a Christian woman, not a lady, when a Christian woman will write me a letter and say, what you say when you preach bothers me. It surprises me when that Christian woman writes that letter, she'll give it to her husband to give to me. And he'll say, yes, ma'am. It surprises me when a Christian woman will tell her husband, if that preacher crosses the line one more time, we're leaving the church. And he'll look back and say, yes, ma'am. I've never had a man leave my church. I've had women leave and Oswald follows. I expect that from the ungodly world. I do not expect, and by the way, look at how much I'm shaking. I expect that from the ungodly world. I do not expect that from Christians. I didn't expect that from Christians. I didn't expect that from church members. Now, it's my fault. It's my fault I didn't expect it because I am sure I have read Isaiah chapter 30 dozens of times. But I never let it sink into my heart that even thousands of years ago, God's people were telling the seers, See not. And telling the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Prophesy unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. And if you won't do as we tell you, then get you out of the way. Turn you aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We don't want a holy God who holds us accountable for our sin. Get on our side or get out of our way, preacher. In just this past week, okay, week and a half. No, no, week. In just this past week, I've been told we're leaving the church because you say whatever you want to say, and you do whatever you want to do from behind the pulpit, and nobody keeps you in check. Correct. I'll tell you what I told my Sunday school this morning. We all have a vote. You know that? We all have a vote. Now, we're not going to vote on the color of the walls. <laughs> we're not going to vote on those different things, but we're going to vote on things. And I have one vote, and you have one vote. Do you know where you have no vote? In just this past week, I've been called mean. I've been called immature. Now we're getting closer. I've been called legalistic. Does anyone know what legalistic means? I had to look it up too. Legalistic is somebody who 
who believes that works are necessary in a Christian life. Okay, wait a second, wait a second. We don't believe that works are necessary for salvation. But somebody who is legalistic is somebody who, that label is somebody who pushes works. I hope none of you ever read Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto... Oops. I hope we never read the Sermon on the Mount where he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your... Oops. Good works. And that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. I don't believe we work to salvation. But you better believe I believe we work from salvation. And if that means I'm a legalist, whatever. Um, I've been told I have the nerve to tell people from the pulpit that if they are not faithful to church, the wrath of God abides on them. Just in the past week. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. Sounds like a commandment to me. I have been told that my standards are too high in the past week. I've been told I'm a jerk. <laughs> but enough about my conversations with my wife. <laughs> I've been told that the Holy Spirit is nowhere involved in my ministry. I have been told that my preaching is all opinion and no Bible in the past week. Now wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about the past few months. On multiple occasions, I've received phone calls. I've had personal conversations where people have told me, you need to back off. Now they don't come out and say, you need to back off. But that's what they're saying. You know, you said this the other day, and it was kind of harsh. I'm sorry. What other sins are you in that I can't preach on? I received looks from the pew that could kill a blind raccoon. I've had members shake their heads. I've had members scoff, close their Bibles in disgust in the middle of my message. Now, if you're going to do that, don't sit close where I can see it. <laughs> sit in the back where Steve Lyons closes his Bible in disgust every service. <laughs> I've had people walk out of the service. I've had them run their mouth to me and other members that I need to back off. Now, since I've become pastor here, I had a fellow pastor tell me one time, the way that you preach is degrading. The way that you preach is discouraging. The way that you preach is detrimental to people. And if you keep preaching the way that you preach, and if you keep leading the way that you lead, you're going to lead your church into the ground. 
So? I took all of those phone calls into an account. And I took all the letters into account. Took all the comments into account. Took all the names called into account. I took all the requests and the cries to back off into an account. And I've made a decision. I say no. See or see not, I say no. Prophet, prophesy not unto us right things. Prophesy unto us smooth things. I say no. Prophesy deceits. I say no. Turn aside out of the path. No. Get you out of the way. No. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. I say no. Preacher, back off. I say no. Stop preaching against sin. No. Stop being so crazy in the pulpit. You run around all the time, and I'm watching on live stream in my Snuggie, and it can't keep up. I say no. Stop yelling and drawing on your shirt. I'll say okay to that. Shirts at Baby Gap are expensive. Stop telling embarrassing stories. I say no. Pat us on the head more often. Stop making us feel bad. No. Lower your standards. No. Stop stepping on our toes. Stop standing in the wrong place. That's the only time your toes will get stepped on, is if you're standing in the wrong place. Stop shooting, stop shooting me. Stop, you're shooting me. No, I'm shooting sin. And you just keep on walking right down range. Make us happy. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to make you holy. Let me phrase that better. I'm not here to make sure you're happy. I'm here to make sure you're holy. I cannot make you holy. I'm here to make sure you're holy. Scratch our ears. I'm not here to scratch your ears. I'm here to prick your hearts. So I say no. To every call for me to back off, and to every call for me to bring Jesus down to man's level, and for every call for me to compromise, or for every call for me to follow a church member's critique in the pulpit, I say no. I say no because I answer to God and I don't answer to man. And as much as any of you might scare me, he scares me more. It reminds me of that old black preacher. Had a church member come up to him and say, Reverend, the Holy Ghost has told me something you need to do in your ministry. And the pastor said, well, he better tell me. And she said, no, Reverend, he told me, well, he better start talking to me. And he said this, he said, because ma'am, when the under shepherd starts following the sheep, he walks in the mess. <laughs> I say no, because even though I weep when people leave this church, I'm not here to keep people, I'm here to keep truth. 
I say no because only the pure, unadulterated, unfiltered, uncensored, unashamed word of God is what changes lives today. I say no because no great church has ever been built. Oh, large churches have been built. But no great church has ever been built without some crazy man behind the pulpit chewing on the furniture and preaching against everything that moves. I say no because I've been set as a watchman over Corpus Christi. And if I stay silent or if I water down God's word, their blood is on my hands. I say no because it was hellfire preaching that Jesus employed in his ministry. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye cross sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more a child of hell than yourselves. Oh, that's unchristlike. He's going to get a letter from a woman through, his, through her husband. I say no because it was hellfire preaching that reached about 3,000 souls on Pentecost. I say no because it was hellfire preaching that built this country. I say no because it was hellfire preaching that reached my daddy. And it was hellfire preaching that changed my mom. And I believe with all my heart it's hellfire preaching that is going to reach Corpus Christi. I say no because I believe the lack of life in our pews is directly a result of a lack of fire in our pulpits. I say no because it's Bible preaching that is going to keep you from sin. It's Bible preaching that's going to lead you to holiness. And it's Bible preaching that's going to strengthen your marriage and guard your home and threaten the devil and remind you of Calvary and save them that believe. The foolishness of preaching saves them that believe. But one of the biggest reasons tonight, if you were to say, why are you saying no, preacher? One of the biggest reasons tonight is because that's what Jerry would want. That precious old man loved preaching. And he loved this preacher. So many services after he would come and say, Pastor, I love you. Preach the word. Sometimes he would just, ooh. I don't know if I like that one. And Christians like Jerry Hibbets are the Christians that great churches have in their pews. And I know, I know, I know without a shadow of doubt, I know that when I'm told to back down and when I'm told to capitulate and when I'm told to bring Jesus down and when I'm told to stroke from the pulpit and not strike from the pulpit, in that great cloud of witnesses, I know Jerry Hibbets and Troy Loveday and Cipriana Cooper and Diane Alegria and Ed Lefevre and Floyd Guyton are the first to stand up and say, tell him no, preacher. Tell him no. So I say no. I've made my decision, and I don't care if it leads to empty pews. Of course, I don't want it to. I'd like to preach to more people, but I don't care if it ruins my reputation. I didn't have much to begin with anyway. Maybe I'll build one. I don't care if it makes people think I'm crazy or immature or legalistic or fanatical or obnoxious. As long as God keeps me here, 
Heritage Baptist Church will be a place where sin is called what it is and sin is exposed for what it does to people and the devil is defied. The Heritage Baptist Church will be a place where hell's gates are constantly being knocked on and bombarded by prayer. Heritage Baptist Church is going to be a place where convictions are driven deep and standards are raised high and all the counsel of God is preached and hymns are sung with life and with joy and with feeling and an invitation is given. I'm a little bothered, church, that we don't use this altar more often. I'm bothered by it. I understand you don't need to come up here in order to make a decision and I can't give you a chapter and verse that says thou shalt use the altar. But I'll tell you what an altar is for. An altar is where something dies. And an altar is in the Old Testament a place where you said, Lord, I'm sorry, or Lord, please forgive me, or another one is Lord just because. I want to tell you I love you. I'm a little bothered we don't use this altar. I'm not going to stop having an invitation. I'm not going to have, I'm stop having an altar call. Even if it's just the teens that come forward, I'm not going to stop. Heritage Baptist Church is a place where the Lord's Supper is going to be observed and buses are going to be run for the poor and missionaries will be sent around the world and members will be challenged to be a witness and to be a giver and to be a forgiver. Heritage Baptist Church is going to be a place where Jesus is lifted high and where sinners can hear of the gospel like they did this morning. And sinners don't find comfort here, but they find help here. That's what Jerry would want. And that's what Jesus wants also. Now, it's, if that's not what you want, there are plenty of other churches in Corpus Christi where you can go and compromise. There are plenty of other churches where you can go and you can sit in the pew and sit in your sin at the same time. There are plenty of other places where you can go and you can practice your heresy and you can debate over pointless arguments and you can love the world and you can keep your foul language, and you can dress however you want, and you can listen to ungodly music, and you can watch ungodly shows, and you can go to a rock concert, and you can be coddled in your complacency. There's plenty of places where you can go. But I've made up my mind. This church will not be a lounge for the apathetic. It will be a lighthouse for the drowning people. It will not be a place of compromise. It will be a pillar of truth. It will not be a place where your ears are scratched. It will be a place where your heart is convicted. It will not be a place where I preach smooth things. It will be a place where I preach right things. I've made my decision. And I hope you don't mind I didn't take it for a church vote. It's what Jesus would want. And it's what Jerry would want, and that's good enough for me. And by God's grace, this church has not been run into the ground. God ran it into a groundbreaking. And by the way, that same fellow pastor that called me two years ago and said, you're going to run it into the ground, called me two months ago crying and sincere and humble and said, I'm so sorry. I was wrong. And I want to see my church grow too. What are you doing at Heritage? My answer? Pray longer. Sing louder. Preach harder. Let the pressure come. See or see not. Prophet, prophesy not unto us right things. Prophesy unto us smooth things. Tell us lies. I say no. Then get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from us. I say no. You get out of my way. 
God's called me to warn a city. I've made my decision. What is yours? Now let me tell you what Jerry's was. Let me tell you Jerry's decision. Jerry Hibbets was my church member for over three years. And we didn't always see eye to eye. In fact, our first discussion, deep discussion, was over a disagreement. And our second discussion was over a disagreement. And our third discussion was over a disagreement. And our fourth discussion was about church membership. <laughs> and I said, Brother Jerry, I know we don't see eye to eye on everything. The man was old enough to be my grandfather. And he said this, preacher, you preach the Bible, and don't you worry about me. That man never gave me an ounce of trouble, not one ounce of trouble. And let me tell you about my last discussion. The last conversation I had with Jerry Hibbets was last Wednesday. He made a special trip to the church to see me. He wasn't feeling well. I got out of my car at 8.30 on Wednesday morning, and there was Brother Jerry. And he said, Preacher, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I got a text from somebody in the church, and you need to see it. And it was a text from a now ex-church member. I didn't kick them out. They left. Jerry, we just want you to know, we want you and Edie to know, we won't be coming back to the church the preacher is this, the preacher is that, he says this, he does that, he makes us feel this, and he says this, and he says that, and he's this, and he's that, and yada, 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 yada. We'll miss you, and we love you very much. I read it, and I said, well, that's a shame. And he said, well, I don't know why they sent it to me. <laughs> like they think I'm going to be on their side. No word of a lie, these are the last words that Jerry Hibbets ever said to me. He told me he wasn't going to be there tonight uh, on that Wednesday. He says, I'm not feeling well. But as he was walking away, these were the last words I heard from Jerry Hibbets. I've got your back, preacher. I love you. I don't know what you will decide. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I've decided to follow Jesus, though no one joined me. Still, I will follow the world behind me, the cross before me. Turn back, preacher. I say no. There's no turning back for me. Because I know if ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly and at an instant, and God will dash Heritage Baptist Church in so many pieces, we won't even, even, we won't even be useful to move embers around or pick up some water to a dark and thirsty city. I've made my decision. But I'm praying for men and women who will say along with Jerry, I say no too, preacher. 
I've got your back. If you mean it, if you mean it, if you mean it, bring more people to this place. Lift up the cross. Be a stronger witness. Use this altar. Get out of your comfort zone if you mean it. This city is dying. Good Christians are dying. Somebody needs to step up and fill his place. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.